Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with Byron Lambert as we are now into February. We're getting ready for the NFL Combine. We are getting ready for the drop of the 2018 best ball cheat sheet available to our pro members at rosterwatch.com. Before we came on the pod, we were talking off air about trash man's uh, scouting matrix. It's a trash man's trait matrix for running backs and wide receivers. That is going to be a part of our uh, 2018 final evaluations uh, in our model. We're going to get those up for our pro members to view as the matrix is being built live and in person for running backs and wide receivers, give you guys access to all of that data as we're going through it, as we're assimilating it. A bunch of exciting things coming up at rosterwatch.com over the course of the next month. If you're interested in our content, please go to rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. The other best way that you can support the podcast is by rating and reviewing it in iTunes and Stitcher or whatever it is you may be listening. Byron, what the hell's going on, brother? Man, just doing my studies on this free agency breakdowns and these cap situations with these teams as we prep for the NFL Combine. Well, let me ask you this. We didn't, we haven't gotten a chance. We've, we've texted and stuff, but haven't really got a chance to talk, or I guess not here on the pod, since the Super Bowl. Just Euro, I mean, look, all of our props pretty much hit, except for the Justin Timberlake uh, headwear. I can't believe that that one didn't hit. He he used a mic, um, and then or he used like a mic just on a traditional boom stand. I can't believe that they went to all the trouble to get that all that stuff set up for him. And then there was, uh, but you know the the all the all the hoodie colors all hit. Um, we had the pink with the blonde hair that hit pink, no cleavage, and for the anthem that hit. But you know there wasn't everything. an ounce of cleavage. Not that I noticed. Hey, what, not book, even a hey. debatable amount. <laughs> book bookmaker's decision. Um, it certainly hit. Uh, I, I'll, so let me say this: I think that the only ones that didn't hit that we talked about on the on the Super Bowl props pod were the ones that involved us thinking that the Patriots were going to win, <laughs> like, like you know, Brady, Super Bowl MVP, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, none of those made it. But you know, what did you think about Nick Foles' performance? Just unbelievable as far as I'm concerned. I, th- I think you whiffed on Justin Timberlake's headset, too. That's what I said. I, I, that was my first one that I admitted being, being well, wrong on. I just wanted to make sure and mention it again. <laughs> Uh, so you, you know, think? I mean, the deal is, man, I, I, I thought it was going to take a perfect game from the Eagles to unseat the Patriots. And guess what? They played a perfect game. Uh, Doug Peterson, Nick Foles, just spectacular. 
I said it. I mean, this season is an absolute Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson masterpiece. I can think of no other word for it. And, you know, from my end of things right now, as I'm breaking down the league and um, <clears throat> heading into free agency, it's even more of a masterpiece as I look up, uh, look at the situation with this roster moving forward in Philadelphia. I mean, they're capped tight, but I'll tell you what, they're returning the absolute core of this team next year. Um, this is going to be a formidable, formidable foe. Uh, for the foreseeable future there in Philadelphia. I mean, really, the only guys I expect to be gone are Torrey Smith. Uh, I, you know, I won't be surprised if he ends up back in Baltimore, by the way. But I, I, Torrey Smith is going to be gone. He's going to take a Super Bowl run and uh, Super Bowl ring and run to free agency. And then I think there's a chance that Selleck is gone, finally. I know that Eagles fans are lamenting the fact that Trey Burton could end up being a tight end one elsewhere. But those are really the only guys we're talking about with Philadelphia. Otherwise, this thing's coming back rock solid for 2018. And Trey Burton, a guy, you know, we, we talk about our best ball league, certainly a player who is going to be, um, uh, I mean, his current ADP, 188.2 right now. Uh, that's behind guys like Jesse James, Jason Witten, Cameron Brait. Uh, Austin Hooper. I mean, he's going around the same time as guys like Tyler Croft. So Trey Burton is a guy who we're going to have juiced up in the best ball cheat sheet. He is just such a terrific athlete. Um, he even saw his his role expand. Uh, it, they're they're in Philly where they just have a, a whole swath of these tight ends. So um, I think that Trey Burton, wherever he and you know if he ends up in a spot where there's a tight end need for a good athletic receiving tight end, we could be looking at a possible t t tight end one next season at extreme value. So uh, somebody who in the best ball cheat sheet we're going to own a lot of, um, if going by it, uh, uh, playing the games on draft or once the new MFL 10s, 25s, 50s, 100s, et cetera, all open up in their new form, I guess, over on Fanball, which I'll be interested to see how that all how you that know, all looks. I, I was disappointed to see Brandon Cooks out of the game so early. I mean, I really would have liked to have – I was excited to see that matchup. Um, I do think that changed the dynamic a little bit. You know, You know what it reminded me of, though? You know, it's, there's no excuses. I mean, you have to give credit to the other team for that. It reminded me of the Alabama defense taking out Colt McCoy. What was that, in 2009? And look, we all wanted to cart McCry about the fact that we didn't get to play <laughs> Alabama at full strength. But the fact is, when you have a beastly defense, sometimes that's a fallout, man. They put the whack down on somebody and they go to sleep like that. So that's what we saw with Brandon Cooks. Um, just quickly on the other side of the ball, I know we mentioned it on the uh, Saturday podcast, but from heading into free agency from the perspective of the, of the New England Patriots, Danny Amendola, Rex Burkhead, and Deion Lewis all head to free agency. Uh, we'll see what the Patriots do there. They have almost $20 million in cap space as it stands. Uh, I expect Dwayne Allen to most likely be out, and Mike Gillisley could be following him out, out the door as well after only – one season there in New England, uh, we'll, we'll see how that shapes up. Uh, I, James White looks to be the, the core at running back right there. We love those. We like I said, man. There's a James White versus Corey Clement matchup gets roster watch nations temperature rising, man. What just unbelievable how sick those guys and that's the intelligence we get at the Senior Bowl for you guys every year, guys. Nobody else cares about Corey Clement. That guy. You got Eagles fans saying that he looks like the future of the running back position there. I think they have a lovely three-headed monster. 
um, for for now. Um, there are some talks Blunt could be gone, but uh, I, I think that thing returns. I think Sproles goes on, on his way now to retirement with the Super Bowl ring. But back to the Patriots. Uh, the other thing we alluded to on Saturday was this could be a year. It's a little ahead of the ball, but this could be an offseason where there's some quiet rumblings from Gronkowski and Tom Brady for some more guaranteed money. Their their deals aren't quite up yet, but this is a pretty natural spot for those ideas to at least begin per- percolating from these agents. And uh, look, I think we saw Gronk allude to it after the Super Bowl. He was asked if he was going to be back next year, and he says he's just going to have to assess his offseason situation. You've never heard that from Gronk before. I don't think it's a lock, dude. I don't think it's a lot. Yeah, and with him, bad. I'm not sure. It's just I, I, you know, honestly, he's pretty authentic and genuine, and he's a, he's a he's a true patriot. Uh, so I don't. I tend to take Gronk on his face and think that man with a guy like that, he's just been through a lot of wars and his body's breaking down. Um, but on the other hand, it you know it does lend a little credence to the fact that he could be seeking some more guarantees if he is going to come back. No Josh McDaniels, no Matt Patricia. Both those guys now have been officially hired by their respective new teams, the Detroit Lions for Patricia, the uh, Indianapolis Colts for Josh McDaniels, uh, Tom Brady, another year. Tom Brady going to be going into his uh, age 41 year. Rob Gronkowski acting like it's not a 100% lock that he'll be back next season. You know, and then just not to mention, I mean, without getting into the whole Malcolm Butler thing, who knows what happened? Whether he got caught smoking weed, got caught with weed, got Are they caught saying that it's curfew. weed? Well, Brandon Browner, so you didn't read what Brandon Browner wrote on Instagram? No, I like, that. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, and then and then a couple, like a couple of Patriots, actually, a couple of members of the current Patriots team, like liked his post, so it gives a little credence that maybe there was something to it. But, well, he got um, high at a Rick Ross show, man. You can't do that when you work for Bill Belichick. Yeah, I don't know if that's what happened. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to spread rumors. But that's the. That's what the. That's what the buzz is, and that's what the rumors are all all out there on Twitter. I don't think we'll ever get the real story, but you know, man, the back end of that defense looks so unathletic and slow and so unready to to. You know, deal with the conflict that that that, well, that RPO I couldn't, system I couldn't puts believe you in. Gilmore wasn't matched up one on one with Alshon from from the gun. Well, it was, I, I it fully was a little expected bit better that. once that happened. It, yeah. was, it, it got a little better once that well, happened because that's what they've been doing with Gilmore. I was shocked. Look, Alshon has really stepped his game up through these last few weeks as well. I got to give that guy credit. He looks a little bit like a little bit of a different animal out there, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, that that was a problem. But I wonder if if that that occurred though because of the adjustments they had to make in the defense when when they got the last minute news that Butler wasn't going to play. I mean, it, here's the thing: I didn't understand it because I thought Butler and Gilmore all year when I'd watched the Patriots were had you know done a pretty pretty darn good job on the outside. I, I know I saw Patriots fans all over Twitter you know, kind of coming to the defense of Belichick saying that Malcolm Butler actually has been pretty bad this year. But nonetheless, he's been your starter. They said he's, he's played the, the most what you got. most the defensive snaps yeah. on the team yeah. all year. I mean, yeah. poor guy was crying on the sideline. I don't know. And they said it divided the locker room. Look, I'll tell you what, Bill Belichick, he's got enough hay in the barn that he's not – there's no way that he's going to sacrifice his principles for anybody in any game at this point, man, because that compromises his whole – operation 
No, I yeah, I get it. But uh, what I'm saying is that you got Patricia gone. You have McDaniel's gone. You have Brady a year older. You have the situation with the Seth Wickersham article where there could be some sort of fracturing of the relationship of those three and Brady, Belichick, and owner Bob Kraft. You have Rob Gronkowski now acting like it's not a 100% lock that he'll be coming back. You have all these guys that could be departing via free agency who you, who you mentioned earlier. Did you say it was Amendola? Who else? Burkhead and Dion Lewis. And, and who knows if they're all going to be gone, but they're going to be you have Martellus you know, Bennett, who's, re- who's retiring, and, and that hasn't been taken. That his six million dollar cap hit has not been taken into consideration for their salary cap yet for this season. So that they'll be clearing up around six million dollars there uh, due to Martellus alone. So um, certainly will be interesting to follow. I just wonder. Hell, man, they might like, need Martellus back. They're no dude. Martellus sucks, and like he's he's the to me he's the definition of a guy that Patriots don't need around. Well, the good news is Edelman will be back. What what a hilarious what what a funny story it would be. It could never happen. Uh, isn't Jimmy Garoppolo a free agent? Well, they're but he, not for long. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get that they're gonna get that deal wrapped up for him. Who's his agent? Is it is it Don Yee? They're gonna get that they're gonna get that thing done. You know, look, uh, Car- Carmen Policy even said it on, um, even said it on San Francisco radio a few weeks ago. Oh, he get said, the look, Vaseline now. He man. said, he said, he said, get out. He said, if I were still running that team, I'd get out the Vaseline and I just, I just tell Don, Don, you to take it a little bit easy on me. That I'm a good, <laughs> that I'm a, I'm a good boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to, there's, there's nothing that's going to, there's nothing that's going to happen there. It would be the wooliest thing ever if the, if, if the Patriots somehow tried to bring him back, but that's, just, that's not going to happen. Wouldn't it be? It would be. I mean, it would be the. It would be the make. You would think. You would wonder if if um, Vince McMahon had had uh, taken over the NFL as as opposed to trying to bring back the XFL. If the, those sorts of storylines developed over the off season. Yeah, well, I've got AFC South and NFC uh, South cap and free agency analysis for this podcast so we can fire through that when you want or if you want to nice over yeah to best ball for no, a little while we can do that no, we'll, I, i'll give you a couple quick best ball questions at the end of the pod but let's um do you want to rip through both of those divisions or do you want to just go through one of the two well let's start with the afc south and let's just see how it goes so okay the afc south and the nfc north are the two cap richest divisions heading into uh, free agency, which is actually interesting because all of those teams have quarterbacks except for the Minnesota Vikings, who is emerging as a dark horse with massive cap space for Kirk Cousins services. We'll have to see how that shapes up. But let's start with the AFC South. It's the cap richest division in the league. Uh, the Colts have $84 million in cap space. Uh they're going to keep T.Y. Hilton, but his contract is to a point where at $14 million a year that they don't have to keep him for much longer if this thing doesn't start shaping up with Andrew Luck. Jack Doyle, he's on the books for $5 million a year the next two. T.Y. Hilton is thirteen is a $13 million cap hit this year? Huh. For only $4 million dead. I mean, look, the cup, yeah, you what, what you're going to see is the cupboard. Yeah. The, what people are going to find out is the cupboard is barren at offense, yeah. and that's going to lead to uh, 
an interesting idea that I'm having here for for the Colts. Um, what about so, Doyle? What about so, Jack Doyle? Well, Jack Doyle on the books five million a year for the next two. I mean, there's not really much dead money associated over the next couple of years with Jack Doyle. I at that rate, given given um given the um futility of the offensive roster for the Colts, I I expect. Doyle will probably be in the fold. We saw him. Uh, he's obviously been a target monster, but it looks like Dante Moncrief is in, is a free agent. That I see that one going either way. Um, I would expect his agent. I would expect is going to want to test free agency, um, but I, I'm not sure how much interest he's going to get. And the Colts have a whole lot of cap room, and he's got a history with Andrew Luck, who's returning. And otherwise, the cupboard is pretty barren there in Indianapolis. So we'll have to keep an eye on Dante Moncrief who is a free agent. Uh, Frank Gore is a free agent. Uh, I mean, maybe he could be back, but you got to think the Colts are looking to move on at this point. And then Robert Turbin, uh, he's only on the books for a million dollars, no dead money. He can be cut or he could be kept if they're just looking to keep a little bit of depth there. In the running back room, so, you know, I think the first thing that you see with the Colts, man, is that the cupboard is bare on offense completely. And you've got... Andrew Luck coming back off of injury. I mean, to me, this means that at number three, the Colts have to at least consider Saquon Barkley. Uh, oh, other, yeah. other obvious considerations would be across their offensive line or a key defensive cog. You know, I know people are talking about Minka Fitzpatrick early in the draft this year. You got to remember they took Malik Hooker in the secondary in the first round last year. Um, dude, the Colts have a massive amount of work to do and a huge overhaul to the entire roster. The defense sucks. The offensive line still needs to be improved. And and a team that had a formidable offense just a few years ago. Hell, we were excited about T.Y. Hilton, Hilton heading into this year. All of a sudden, man, there's huge question marks about what they really even have at offense. What kind of firepower is there? And to me, that just that screams Saquon Barkley. Like they need they need an identity. They need an anchor. Andrew, this team, you know, maybe it still is going to be an Andrew Luck thing where he just goes out there and bombs it around. But to who, you know? So that's uh, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to have to be Ty Hilton. I think you can't get. I think you can't. Yeah, they're going to have to keep nine million. They have to keep. They have to keep Ty Hilton essentially. But if what he, I would say he's on the warm seat. You know, he's he's not guaranteed to be there the next few years if he doesn't start to put some numbers together with Andrew Luck. So basically, Josh McDaniels is walking to a situation where this is a. There's a lot of work to do. You know, get given the fact given. That Andrew Luck, if he comes back and returns 100% health and is somehow the best quarterback in the division, that gives you a a huge leg up right away. But that's a that's a that's a big big question mark. The Colts are actually very thin at all on the offensive side. You know, we all know they're thin at defense, but when you look into this thing, man, that's a it's a real thin situation that Josh McDaniels is moving into, and they need some they need some star power, they need some firepower on the offensive side of the ball in Indianapolis. So it's going to be a huge off season. Indian in Indianapolis. Well, they have uh, they have um, so, you know they have seven picks. They have they have the picks at the beginning of each of each round. You know nothing traded away. They have their full complement 
of picks in this draft. And we know, at least with the wide receivers and with the running backs, if they didn't go with Saquon Barkley early, uh, it's, it's, it's a fairly deep running back class. It's a, fair, it's, a, it's, it's a wide receiver class that, as we've always said, it lacks sizzle at the top, but it's deep and it's good. Um, oh, they could I, be I players gonna... for Jarvis Landry. I mean, we'll get to it in a minute. I think Jarvis Landry is is probably if I had to put my money down in Vegas, I'd say Jarvis Landry is going to leave Miami in free agency. And, and is, I think the, the Colts would be a great option. The kind of oh, team yeah. where he would fit right in because Josh McDaniels loves the Edelmans and those kind of guys. And well, Lake- yeah, the, the the Patriots were always always rumored as a landing spot for Jarvis. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, I, I like that. I think he'd fit in perfectly in, in, in Indianapolis. And then, be a, perfect. and then the first round with that number three pick, you either get a Saquon or you go with like a stud, stud offensive, maybe left tackle. I have to look. I know they still got Costanzo, you know, or maybe if there's a defensive end that, uh, is really taking worth well, taking a the, look that, at there. That's, you know the guy who they constantly mocked mocked there is 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 Bradley Chubb. Um, I, I just I think I look at this second and third round at the top of these rounds and I wonder if they can if they can fortify that offensive line with maybe one of these like one of these linemen that we saw at the Senior Bowl like an Isaiah Wynn or maybe a Will Hernandez just getting a getting a hog like that added in. Well, you know I what think, I think they could do. I think they could do a lot of things. I would say this makes the Colts prime candidates to try to trade back out of that number three spot, pick up some extra picks at key junctures early in the draft where they can get some quality. So that'll, it, that'll be something depend, to watch. It just, it just it really, I mean, I think it's going to depend on how much Ballard, um, how much Ballard might covet one of those guys that he could have up there in the top three. If, if, if they feel like they can start out their draft with a centerpiece that's just, you know that the that the value over replacement player, you know, some eleven or twelve picks down the board where an Arizona or a Baltimore or Chargers are picking. It, you know, if, if there's if there's you know if there's a marquee player there that they love at a position of need, I think they could st- they would certainly want to stand pat. But I could certainly see them trading down for sure. I mean, that would be the John Robinson move to make. Uh, we've seen that pan out pretty damn well. But look, I mean, how can you not look at the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Jaguars, and just say, man, Fournette, Gurley, Zeke. I mean, we're getting another one of those guys with Saquon here. And look what's and happened. Look what, it does, look what it does to your team, man. And Andrew Luck needs it. They need, you know, we saw last year the offseason, the mantra of the offseason across the NFL was to support your young quarterback with every move that you made. I want to see the Colts do it this offseason. It's, keep- it's, it, it's time they start supporting Andrew Luck. God damn it. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the biggest atrocities in recent an atrocity. In, in NFL history is is the treatment. Grigson. So let's keep moving on because I'll tell you one GM that used to live down in the basement with Ryan Grigson, who man, I got to <laughs> give the guy credit on the way out the door is Rick Smith of the Houston Texans. He's left this roster in pretty damn good shape on his way out the door moving forward. The Texans have $57 million in cap space uh, heading into the offseason. Uh, 
I'm predicting this is time that they're. This is the time they're going to go ahead and get the Jadavian Clowney deal done. He's got the fifth year option that he'd be going into next year, and then they could deal with the franchise tag situation then if they wanted to. But they've got the cap space, and they really don't have a lot of pressing needs right now. Uh, they got a lot of their big time guys locked up. This is a good opportunity for the Texans to go ahead and get. A, a long-term extension done with a 24-year-old uh, Jadavian Clowney, especially, you know, with J.J. Watt on the books at $15 million a year the next few years and not much dead money associated. I know out of goodwill they'll bring him back this year, but that's a situation they're going to have to monitor. Um, so, you know, r- rather than have both those guys heading towards free agency next year, it would it, it it would be a smart move for the Texans. Go ahead and get Clowney done and then play a little bit of a wait-and-see game. They're uh, going to have to play a wait-and-see with, with, with J.J. J. Watt. Watt. So, I mean, just, just, just look at his con. I think what the plan right now has to be is you you got to, like you said, good faith for 2018, see how, he, see how he reacts, and then see if, you know, coming back from this injury, and then see coming into 2019 whether you need to work on that $15 million cap hit with only $2 million debt associated. Right, because because after that, you move on to the 2020 season. Whenever JJ Watts aged 31 at that point in time, uh, his his salary or his his uh, cap hit goes up to 15.5 with no dead money associated. Boy, they front loaded this thing. He he, he had in 2014 he had 32.5 de- guaranteed, and then that was to 20. He's had basically over the course of the last. Uh, four years, at least twenty million guaranteed per season. Now it's to the point where the guaranteed money's running out, and by the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one seasons, when he's owed fifteen point five and seventeen point five, and those respectively, at age thirty one and thirty two, there's no dead money associated. That's when I think the restructure is going to come. But I think that the like I think like you said, Byron, certainly it looks like probably a wait and see for twenty eighteen. If nothing else, just out of good faith for the. Uh, Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year for 2017. Yeah, and I'd expect Brian Cushing to finally be out in Houston. On the offensive side of the ball, look, Lamar Miller could be cut, but they're going to have to keep him. Lamar Miller is going to be back this year as the starter in Houston, and hell, he might even be back uh, next year as the starter in Houston. Um, I can't believe that the Texans... Uh, the one deal I can't understand, and we are original C.J. Fedorowicz loyalists. I have no idea how he essentially got $5 million per year last August. Um, he's been an injury liability. They've got Ryan Griffin on the books for very cheap for the next couple of years. So C.J. Fedorowicz and Ryan Griffin are locked down. Uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller are you know Hopkins is locked down long term fillers fuller's good for the next couple of years you still got uh Braxton Miller down there uh for super super cheap um so I don't expect there's really not a lot to expect to to change with the Texans offense this is good news for Lamar Miller owners and dynasty I think for this year uh, maybe when we get the news that he's coming back as the starter, maybe this is a good year to start looking at trying to trade him if you so own him in ours. dynasty yeah so um, and then, you know, the Texans, look, they got a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Now they can use, they can use, uh, offensive line. They can use offensive line. Absolutely. They can use it's offensive line to it. protect him coming off the knee. Absolutely. They've got money they can spend on that in free agency. They have the Dwayne lead. Browns out of there. You got to You got to do something. And, and I actually think, look, if Braxton Miller doesn't start to shape up or if they don't believe in him and, 
like I, you know, they can't be that confident in CJ Fedora and Ryan Griffin. It could be, could be a time where they start looking at adding a, a third target to this mix, whether it be in the draft or a value on somebody in free agency. Um, do you have anything else on the Texans, Alex? Because I got some bad news for you about the Titans, man. <laughs> I don't think I have it. I just the one thing I was wondering: Did you look into it all with Whitney uh, with with Whitney Merciless? What his contract? Yeah, he's solid situation? still. He's he's still okay. solid. So it looks like he you you think he you think he'll oh yeah oh yeah he'll be back. He's only on the books next year for five for five nine. Okay, no, I don't have anything. What's the what's the bad? And, and why would I care about bad news for the Titans? <laughs> Come on. Well, you'll find out in one second, man. <laughs> what is it? I think Demarco Murray is going to be back in Tennessee. Oh shit, that is bad news. What makes you think that? Well, they have fifty million plus in cap space and not a ton of. Uh, Pressing needs, man, and he could be. They're cut. gonna pay him six point five million dollars. There's no dead money associated. I, How I would think, they do that? I because they don't need the money, and because they don't trust Derrick Henry yet, and because when you combine Derrick Henry and Demarco Murray's salaries, you're talking what eight million for your two running backs. Jesus That's peanuts. Christ. He's still only got seven years in the league. He's twenty nine years old. Look, he might be out. It's what we've been hoping for. It's what we've been expecting. He might. He could be out. I have a feeling when I look at this that DeMarco Murray is going to be back. They like him. He's a core piece of that team. That's the kind of – that is just the kind of um, persona that they have. That's their identity. And, uh, you know, look, he could be gone. Who's going to go pay him big in free agency? I'm not I'm not sure, but, you know, that, that would only happen if they cut him. I don't know, man. I, they have – who are they going to spend all this $50 million on? Maybe go get a. I I don't know. I would just. I would find. And they're gonna leave that to thing to it. just Derrick Henry. What are they gonna do? They're gonna cut Demarco Murray and then go pay fucking Jarek McKinnon and free agency. It's just, have they have they done a new deal with Taylor Lewan yet? Uh, Lewan's deal. I I I did. I don't think that's been redone. No, yet. they need to get that done, dude. This he's he's gonna hit unrestricted free agency next. No, they, year. they got fifty so, million. Yeah, so they're gonna lock up Taylor okay. Lewan. All right. And then uh, they they're going to be two years early on Mariota. They're not going to do that. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to want to see it one year. Um, they're going to redo a deal with Arakbo a year early. No, they're going to pay him his money. No. Want to play this thing out? What about what about Casey? He had a big contract. Oh yeah, so he's Casey's locked up forever. Um, I'm just trying to think of who telling the you. Free Demar- mark, mark it are. down. Mark it down. Demarco Murray. Back, in I hate it, man. Well, so how does that make you feel about Derrick Henry for Dynasty? Tap the brakes. Sucks. Body blows. <laughs> it's a big body blow. God damn it. Well, hey, look, we don't know for sure. They, they, or do you don't think they might just ask him to take a little less money than six point five? Maybe I don't know. I don't know that they. I, I'm not sure that it makes sense to do that. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what they might do with some of the money is I could see them making a preemptive extension for Delaney Walker here, maybe uh, keep him in the fold for the next couple of years. Otherwise, this could be the last year for Delaney, which would be good news for Janu Smith and Dynasty heading into next year and beyond. 
Um, but again, with this much cap space, this is a good time for them to go ahead and get another extension done, potentially with a guy like Delaney, keep him in the fold for another two he's or three ar- years. He's already, he's already 33. Uh, I don't know, man. It's It seems weird to you know spend up to do a long-term extension with that. The guy not a long-term. Not a long-term. These tight ends played until they're 35, 38 years old. Yeah, that's true. Some of them. <laughs> and he's 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 Delaney, one, Delaney Walker showing showing early early signs of falling off a little bit, but well, I what I'm think... saying what what I'm saying is the Titans have a lot of leeway here. They don't have very many pressing needs, and they got a ton of cash. What the hell is... are they going to do with what the hell are they going to do with Rashard Matthews? His his contract is up after the 2018 season. They can get out. They can save a half a million by getting out of that deal. Do you think yeah, they're, they're just going to they're going to just they're going to roll they're going to roll Rashard Matthews because look, Eric Decker is at least going to free agency to test the market. I think there's an outside chance he could be back in Tennessee if if they're willing to play, you know, if they're going to kind of designate either him or Rashard Matthews as a slot guy and get Tajay Sharp out of this fold completely. And then um, just get Taewon in there at the slot? Yeah, but I, I think, yeah, so I think, I mean, Decker, because of Taewon especially, Eric Decker is almost 100% gone in free agency. I think he's going to go get his last decent deal on the free agent market. So, yeah, I mean, Rashard Matthews, is they're going to play his deal out this year. It's it's reasonable. It's battleable. He's a good player for them. Uh, this is a year to see development for Taewon Taylor. And then, obviously, you'll have Corey Davis on the outside. So, yeah, I, I, there, there's just not a lot of pressing needs in Tennessee, and they got a lot of cash, man. There's a lot of guys who they're going to kind of like let them play out this year. And they're, you know what, they're, I would assume they're going to be, Robinson is smart. He knows he's going to need this cash in a year or two. So he's not going to blow it all on big guarantees uh, this offseason, which is all the more reason why you just keep a guy like DeMarco Murray on your books where you don't have to give him any more guarantees. How so, how, how high are you on Corey Davis and Dynasty? I mean, pretty high. With all the new offensive additions, with you know, with thinking about how, um, oh, how, why am I, why am I blanking on his name? Offensive play, new off, uh, Lafleur, thinking about how he is going to possibly spread it around, help this offense out, you know, help help Mariota's development out. You know that one of the key principles and one of the key things they're going to want to do is get the ball to Corey Davis, who's an absolute beast. Well, he'll be there, Sammy Watkins, Rashard Matthews will be there, or Robert Woods. I mean, I don't think you have to make those direct comparisons because it can be a little different. There can be shades of those roles. You do know. you think that do you think that Corey Davis is worth the first round twenty eighteen dynasty pick? One as point, as one point as, ten in a in a in a twelve teamer. Oh yeah. What about as long as it point, doesn't cost me Saquon, I'm fine with it. Oh well, what if it costs you? Oh, go, oh so you're saying that you're fine with him even at one point oh four or something? He 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 would be the best wide receiver in this year's draft. Would he not? I don't know. I think, we'll have to I, see I, what the I, trash I, man's I, yeah, evaluations yeah. are well, showing well, on that. And 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 what our own evaluation show after we get all of the all, all of the data in and get to watch all the all the tape. I'm not sure that it's going out on too far a limb to say that. I'm not sure it is. I think he might be wide receiver one in this class. I like it better than Cortland Sutton, who's sort of the the the, the sort of the Corey Davis of this year. You know, the top kind of kind of big big bodied. Um, 
Well, and the listeners you know, will see what I'm... Traditional X receiver type, I the guess. The listeners but, will see what I'm talking about this week when I was talking about who the trash man likes. So, uh, he's He's been commissioned to a brand new uh, rookie project this offseason. I think you guys are going to like it. It stands on its own. It's certainly Alex and I will have our same time-tested uh, processes and methods for our evaluations this offseason. But, 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 but see, what we did this year is we made... We've always taken the trash man's... Um, we've always taken the trash man's uh, suggestions and his rankings into consideration. This year, we just formed a way to make sure that we can make to where we can be assured that the trash man is actually doing his work, <laughs> so he knows what he's talking about when he's giving us. I mean, you see, his, you see uh, how you see how we, you see how we set that thing up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely we'll we'll be sharing that as a piece of content for our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. Of course, Alex Dunlap and Byron Lambert here on the Rosterwatch podcast, brought to you by rosterwatch.com. We came into this thing saying we we're going to talk about best ball. We were going to talk about the AFC South and the NFC North. I think this is probably just going to turn into an AFC South show, as we're only through two of the teams. Well, we got we got the. Uh... Well, we've gone through the Texans, the Titans, and the Colts. I got the Jaguars oh, up. All right, so we've got the Jaguars up, up, up next. So maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll talk Jaguars, and then we'll just talk a little bit of best ball. Save the NFC North talk for the next pod. So it's just worth mentioning that on the entire league, generally speaking, is pretty cap rich this off season. And one team that's been in. They were just recently in the shoes of teams like the Colts and the Texans and the Titans uh, right there in the division are Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin's Jaguars, who they no longer lead the league in cap space, but they still have a healthy 24 plus million heading into the offseason. They've got Blake Bortles under his fifth year option that they designated him with last year. So they are going to pay him his 19 million this year and just wait and see what happens. Uh, T.J. Yeldon is. Well, go- I don't think I don't think that that's a hundred percent guaranteed at this point. What? That they're going to be paying him the nineteen million this year? I think. That well, unless still they ways do a contract could- with them right now, but I don't see that happening. I think they're going to let Blake Bortles play this year out, don't you? You think they're ready to do a big new contract with guaranteed money for Blake Bortles? Oh no, I don't think that they're ready to do a big new contract for Blake Bortles. But aren't there some stipulation? Aren't there stipulations in that contract where like he's only owed that money if on the first day of the league year he's injured or something? Can't they get? Can't they somehow still get out of that? And just cut. So you think they might just cut Blake Bortles? Is that what you're saying? I'm not sure exactly what the term would be, whether you cut him, whether you wave him, whether you trade him, whether you just get him the hell out of there, whatever the ca- whatever the, the cash viable option of doing it. I think that there's still ways that they can kind of get out of this deal with Blake Bortles if they decided to go another way. It's just whether or not they're going to want to spend up this $19 million. I, I, Yeah, I was but what are they going to do at quarterback? Well, I mean... I mean, it's a cockamamie scenario. There's going to be all kinds of ideas that are tossed around. People might toss around the idea of a Kirk Cousins. People could toss around the idea of whatever happens. Maybe Kirk Cousins goes to Minnesota, and people will toss around the idea of a Sam Bradford, a Teddy Bridgewater. Or so you're going to sign Case Kirk Keenum. Cousins before you cut Blake Bortles. I mean, it's just look. It's like we always say. Look, we can talk about every player on the DFS slate every week. We have interest in all of them for some reason, but at some point, we got to narrow this thing down to something that makes a little bit of sense and the writing on the wall 
Tom Coughlin was in that building last year when they gave when they exercised the fifth year option on Blake Bortles. He just took the team to the AFC Championship. It's not clear what they would do at quarterback in his absence. I mean, they could cut him, but the most likely scenario they've exercised that option is they're going to pay him his 19 mil this year and they're going to see how it goes. If Blake Bortles sucks, then they're going to be in the quarterback market next year. Well, why should they not be in the quarterback market this year? Don't you think that? Don't you think that? If at least as far as the draft is concerned, don't you think that if they got to pick twenty nine and Lamar Jackson was available, that that would just be an insta call? No, I haven't done my evaluations on on Lamar Jackson yet. It's very hard for me to believe that Tom Coughlin's going to be making an insta call on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. I think you. This I, I sounds think like draft as, winners are as, already starting to. He'd be a sick fit on starting that team. to poison your mind, Alex. I don't think. Do, what do you not do? You not like Lamar Jackson? Oh, I'm just saying. I I I just think that the cockamamie ideas are flowing with narratives for the offseason that just really well, don't don't make just, any that's sense. What we're do, that's what we do. And what I'm here to do is to look at the numbers and tell try to tell the listeners what it what it appears the most uh, likely scenarios are, and it appears that it appears by all circumstantial evidence that Blake Bortles will be back to lead the Jaguars for one more year and the fifth year of his rookie if contract. There's, if, the, if there is a quarterback who you like, who your evaluations like this year, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good year for quarterbacks. I, I just, I think that there's absolutely no way. Uh, well, I, even if they draft a quarterback, I don't think they're going to cut Blake. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they draft a first round quarterback and cut Blake Bortles. Maybe it's just a lot of things have to happen. And this is a team that was just in the AFC Championship. I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense. You know, maybe if somebody like a, look, if no, a Baker Mayfield saying, fell to I'm late in the first that, round, well, then maybe, but he's not going. Yeah, I'm to. not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying in the in the scenario that you keep Blake Bortles, I don't think it's out of the question that you pick a quarterback at the end of the first. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's only on contract for one more year if he's on contract, and then he's. I mean. Yeah, I think you're always he, in the quarterback market. I think you're always in the especially quarterback market. Especially there, especially there, and especially in that situation. Right. It only makes sense that they're in the immediate quarterback market. Yeah, fair enough. And if they're willing to look next year, they're going to be looking this year. I, I'm, I'm, what I'm telling you is when the, when, when the rubber hits the road, I, I think it's Bortles this year, and then if it doesn't work out, they'll really be in the quarterback market next year. You we'll see, see Bortles we'll kind of like you see at DeMarco Murray where they're just going to have to kind of I mean, it's and, and then people want to fight it just because it hurts them with their own personal assessments of the situation. <laughs> yeah, no, I get uh, that. TJ Yeldon has finally found the most excellent NFL role uh, conceivable for him. He looks like a real player on this Jaguars team right now. He's going to be back for one more year at about a million bucks before they got to make a decision on him. Chris Ivory is almost certainly out. I mean, maybe he'll take a mega pay cut, but I think he's just um, – he's – going to get axed and he's going to get hit free agency is what's going to happen. Need, he needs to, t- he needs to take a $3 million pay cut. Yeah. And, and he needs, to, he needs to cut. Half I, I would salary assume before out. he does that, he's going to go to free agency first. So if he comes back, it'll only be after he tests the market and it's unlikely. Uh, it's Alan unlikely. Hearns looks like Alan Hearns looks like he's as good as well. Born. So Alan Robinson and Marquise Lee are free agents. Alan Hearns is definitely going to get cut. I think they're going to use the money to re up Alan Robinson. 
Uh, maybe to a lesser extent, they have some interest in retaining Marquis Lee, but I expect him to depart and get overpaid in free agency, which means he will more than likely be gone. Uh, but definitely, I expect Allen Robinson more than likely will be back in Jacksonville. Because at the moment, all they've got are D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, Jaden Mickens, Jalen Strong, and Rashad Green. Um, and then Alan Hearns, but like we said, that he's going to get cut. They're they're going to use that money elsewhere. So you know, you start cutting Chris Ivory, you start cutting Alan Hearns. All of a sudden, the Jaguars have forty million in cap space. I, I, I say they find a way to get a deal done with Alan Robinson and keep him there in house. He's a big part of that team, and uh, he adds a whole other dynamic to Leonard Fournette uh, if they can get those two guys going at once. No, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I wonder how long you got to. I wonder how long you got to go before you got to start thinking about maybe doing, you know, maybe doing, is it too early to start thinking about maybe doing something with Jalen Ramsey? Yes. Teams teams don't do that. You just pay, you just, uh, I think they will, I think they will in 2019. Well, that's fine, but teams don't do it after what, two years? On a, well, on a he'll rookie. be coming into he'll be coming into year three, and he's basically the defensive player yeah. of the year. He's yeah. basically one he's of the best defenders in the National two, Football. Two years league. into a five year rookie deal, though, I mean, the teams don't do that. Because if that's right. the case, oh, if that's because, the case, oh, you'd be because getting... he still has his because he's because he still has the opportunity for a, for a fifth year option. Right? Yeah. So I mean, that's the beauty. That's part of the reason these teams covet those first round picks. I think twenty. I think twenty nineteen would be a time where you where you could where you could do it though. Now that I'm looking at it. Um, I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of where they, you know, if they well, have all if, this extra money, if, if they're going to, sp- if they're going to, well, they're either going to have to fork it up if they don't end up drafting a quarterback in the next one to two years. They're going to fork up big money for a quarterback of free agency. Maybe they go get Nick Foles. You know, I don't know. Yeah, well, there's a there's there are, there are certainly lots of intriguing options. Maybe they could. I don't know. Call around about AJ McKinnon. So that's where they're going to spend that money is on a quarterback in the next year or two if they don't draft one. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else on these Jaguars? Man, that's it. But it's going to be a an it should be a an active off season in the AFC South. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Three of those teams made the playoffs this year, and the team that did Andrew <laughs> the Colts has has Andrew Luck and Josh McDaniels coming to town. So Jack Jaguars. Hey, I want to I want to ask you. You've been down to Costa Rica a bunch, and like been around in those jungles. Did have you ever? I was I I read a book, um, or I, I actually I listened to an audio book over the weekend because I was having to clean out this goddamn storage shed. I was doing my um, I was starting to do my taxes, and I realized like I spent fifteen hundred dollars of my hard earned American dollars this year paying for a storage unit and so i'm just like fuck this dude i'm gonna go clean that thing out uh while i was in there i listened to this audio book and it was about going and finding this lost city down in the jungles of honduras and i know you've been down in those kind of swindly central american really swampy jungly areas have you did you know that they have jaguars down there Oh yeah, man. People go down there to try to sight jaguars because it's a you want to talk about a mystical, magical, mythical experience. If you spot a jaguar, that's a once in a lifetime deal, man. That's one yeah, of the greatest s- animals on planet Earth. Well, so what's the difference between a jaguar and a mountain lion? Well, so they they can both produce a black panther just because they can make a 
they can make one that that's probably where you're getting confused as you've heard of a panther either one in full black is a considered a panther but they're two totally different species of animals so a mountain lion is an american Mm. cougar you know that had original range i want to say all of south and north america um mainly up here is in the rocky mountain west all the way from canada you know down to 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 the southern united states so mountain lion is the very i mean a male can get up to over 200 pounds but it's the long slender kind of beige colored cat with the very long tail Sure. Yeah. And then the the jaguar is a heavily boned, very dense. Males get up over three hundred pounds. So the jaguars are bigger, bigger Um, cats. It's a a more powerful, bigger cat. You know, so the mountain lion wants to live up in some rocky outcropping somewhere, and the jaguar likes living in the jungles. Um, He's the jaguar. Love is the one cat that likes water. I mean, you've seen these things on, you know, where they they hunt these caiman crocodiles. Have you seen that? No. No. Oh, dude, you need to take a few minutes after this pod and just get sick. Yeah. <laughs> just watch. It's been on that National Geographic. They did a huge thing on big cats, and there's been it's been all over everywhere. These videos of that they captured high definition, amazing videos of jaguar stalking from high ground crocodile infested waters, and then just pouncing from the sky. Like a like a laser guided missile onto this swimming crocodile, and he sinks his teeth into his back of his skull and his spinal cord, and he crushes his brain and mm. his and his spinal cord. And then he swims to shore with this fucking caiman, and he just drags it up there and eats the shit out of it, man. Well, they well they say that like they say that for humans they like they they actually are they actually are a real threat. They generally aren't gonna you know generally they won't stalk you. But if you kind of ca- if you catch one at a bad time or anything like that, or if they maybe see get some swindle the idea that there's like a little kid or something like that around, they could maybe come after. Well, it. they come for pets. I mean, that with mountain lions, they they have the, the same issue with leopards in India. They come into the city and they eat pet. They're eating. They eat cats and dogs. Is and if you just if you're per if they're hungry and you're a person in the wrong place and that's where you end up in trouble but when there's plenty of food around a lot of times they kind of avoid but the jaguar is a was a um is a mythological creature for like you know the native no, for the, the for native the, like, americans Maya, the, yeah. yeah i don't know it might they be the like, aztecs the incans and the mayans i don't know if it's just one of them but they have like the you know that the jaguar is a is oh a, yeah is a, the is people, like a god the, the the people of the 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 ancient people of the Mosquisha Valley in uh, of the Mosquisha Valley down in Honduras they had like idols of like the jaguars and of the spider monkeys that were the, the big uh, big animals that they would worship and the, and you know what the other thing is that when you go down there you got to look out for have you ever heard of a snake called a fur de lance. Yeah, it's some super poisonous snake. I mean, I cannot believe this snake. It's like a, it, it has like the head of a like one of these big pythons or something like that, and it gets up to not super long, you know, like you would see one of these pythons. It only gets about as long as a rattler you would see around here, but super super thick. And these things, when they you, when, when they latch onto you and they bite you, if you can't get out of there. Like you're looking, I mean, you're looking at possibly dying. Um, they, they, they uh, it certainly it melts off a bunch of your flesh to where it get their their venom 
it, they can they squirt the venom in these uh, in these like like yellow ropes, and they can just like squirt it out to where it get, if it even gets on your skin, it looks like a big nasty thing, a snot, and it just burns away your skin. Uh, yeah, one of the most uh, one of the most dangerous snakes. I just wonder if whenever you go down there to Costa Rica and tromp around, whether they tell you to look out for those fertile lance snakes. Man, I'm always on the lookout for snakes when I'm out tromping around. Hey, that's my know, mortal, my mortal enemy. Yeah, so well, it's, it's definitely snaky times around. Uh, you know, but they've tried to say, they've tried to say that the newest theory is that it's not a deeply seeded and deeply rooted evolutionary situation with a fear of snakes and spiders. They say it has to just somehow do with exposure and so your association with them at some super young age and i just call total hey, i call i call total, total bullshit, bullshit on that hey the man who the the man who passed along genes that, that when they see a goddamn snake want to jump up in the air and get the fuck away from that snake he's going to have more successful offspring than the ones that want to go be a creep and go pet the snake i don't care what anybody says it has nothing to do with letting your kids play with snakes which you should never do one more question just about this stuff do you like i'd heard this term before but do you know what it means a banana republic yeah it's, okay. it's like a shitty third world government and and they, i mean it could be any government like that around the world but they they typically the ones in the tropics have been studied a long time as third world kind of developing countries and there's bananas in those places so banana republic and the government and, and the government's kind of corrupt to, to protect yeah, whatever rogue, industry it is they're that rogue kinda... corrupt government regimes they're not you know true any kind of true you know democracies yeah but you're mm. you're hearing that word thrown around a lot hell i used to all i used to know that was was a place to buy clothes at the shopping mall man that's all i did that's all i knew too man i we we would never see the trash man wearing anything hey, but, from banana republic well, my last thought though if imagine if you were just walking and you had no knowledge of this creature and you were just walking through the jungle and you saw a jaguar. You would think it was a god too. Oh yeah, I I mean I think I need to go look and see see what a picture of a jaguar looks like. But if it looks like what I'm picturing, it look it, it looking like bigger, denser. It's like a leopard like a, on steroids, like a, man. With yeah, just a more different... like a cat you'd see in Africa than than what you generally see out of mountain lions and stuff around here. If you crossed a leopard with a tiger. Yes, if you saw that, you would think it's magic. If you crossed a leopard with a tiger and made him look Mystical. like a leopard, it, you, you, if, if you saw those eyes glowing at you in the dark in the jungle, and this this was knowledge you had were completely unaware of, you would think that uh, in the world you were living, that you might have just run into a spirit. Yeah, well, <laughs> certainly hope it never happens to me. I know that I I know that I don't have the the quite the wanderlust of one Mister Byron Lambert, cert, but certainly definitely want to get down to Central America sometime hit the beaches, get the Mai Tais, have a little bit of a nice rum drink by the ocean, stay the fuck away from the fertile ants, the spider monkeys, and the jaguars. That will bring an end to the Roster Watch podcast here where we detail the AFC South free agency. Didn't get into any best ball stuff, did not get into the NFC North, but we will have another podcast this week where we get into all of that. You can find all of our content at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership, and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher, or wherever it is that you listen. For Byron Lambert, for the Trash Man, for the Robot Genius, and all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is 
is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. We will see you next time. Thank you.